It's rest, rest on the main switch. And I did promise you earlier on I'm going to be hanging out uh, with a very special lady. Anybody who knows me uh, knows a special place that uh, this lady has in my life. Um, she is a media industry heavyweight, uh, um, a, a media personality, a businesswoman, um, and now recently an author um, of Basi's My Journey of Hope. She is, a, I don't even want to call her Basitana Kumalo but I could hear Gaga Tlapanyana quickly. Um, she is Mama Basi, as I call her, um, but she is known to everybody as Auntie B, mm-hmm. uh, Mama B, mm-hmm. Basitana Kumalo. Oh, Murapedi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much good for joining. Good morning to your listeners. Yeah, good morning to you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you um, for having me. I know, I, you know, I contacted you for the longest of time, ever since last year. What's <laughs> <laughs> And you know how hectic uh, know. the book tour has been. Yeah. Um, we launched it in October, and yeah. it's been just relentless, yeah. going, you know, through the lengths and the breadths of the country, and uh, launching the book and speaking to different audiences yeah. so it's been quite a whirlwind but I'm glad I'm here at Kovai FM this morning thank you so much for coming through let's jump straight into it uh, jump straight in, into the book October 2019 um, you released uh, Basi My Journey of Hope and I know you've been asked many times uh, you know why did you do it uh, why now you even um, released two days before you you know uh, um, released the book uh, reasons why you you released this book at this time but I want to know from you what that book did for you you know 25 years later um what was that book what did it mean for you you know there was a definitive reason why i wanted to finish the book in 2019 and launch it in 2019 simply because uh last year we're celebrating 25 years of our democracy um it's 25 years of me being a television producer, um, 25 years of me um, serving the Lord, 25 years of me being a businesswoman. And it, it, it felt very much aligned that 2019 should be the year that it hits the shelves and that the readers really get to, to hear my own voice mm. and my own story and my own truth told um, by me, myself, and I. So it was very important that um, I hit, you know, the the book um, and it hits the shelves, God 2019. And it's just so poignant, though, taking into account today. Today we celebrate 30 years yeah. of Madiba's release. release. And mm. I speak uh, in great length and I write in great length about him in the book as somebody who inspired me, who mentored me, who was a father figure um, to me in so many, many ways. Yeah. And so um, I, I won Miss South Africa as well 25 years ago um, in 2019. And so there was just such, I, I call it a zeitgeist of a moment that happened um, in 2019 mm. and everything was aligned for the book to really be out there and uh, people to grab a copy and it's 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 just been so so overwhelming Murabedi, the way the book has been received mm. um you know you write your own truth you use your own voice um you tell your own story mm. um and little do you know that you're actually giving people permission to do the same about their own stories so you asked me what the book did to me the book for me was very very cathartic um in that i went into spaces and and and, and areas and 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 you know past um you know experiences of my life that was some you know somewhat very very difficult yeah. um i find that having read written the book um it's almost feel like it almost feels like i've been to therapy 
um, I, I walk unburdened. I walk free because I've owned my own voice. And mm-hmm. when, once you own your own voice, there's power in that. Um, it's also a very vulnerable read. Mm. Um, and little did I also know that there's power in vulnerability. Um, and so, you know, just putting pen to paper and really pouring my thoughts, uh, my life experiences in that book um, has been truly my place of healing. Yeah. So I want to, you mentioned, um, uh, you know, the mentorship that uh, Utah Nelson Mandela had in your life. Um, I know he had a very great influence in your life and in your family's life as well. Um, 30 years. Um, after his release from uh, the Victor Fersenza prison, uh, we sit here today. What is the importance, or what do you think is the importance of mentorship? Uh, because I know you've mentored a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, you look up to, I look up to you myself, and many people look up to you, you. Um, and they see a mentor in you. You know, even though it's not a direct mentorship, they feel as though, no, this is my mentor. I look up to, uh, you know, Mama Basis Kumalo. What do you think is important in mentorship? Mentorship um, is absolutely critical and I'm a firm proponent of that because I'm a product of being mentored uh, by great men and women uh, throughout the journey of my life. And that's why I am a firm believer in paying it forward. I have the Basatana um, Mentorship Academy where yeah. I've taken young people um, who want to be inspired, who have a sense of direction, but they might just need somebody to just channel that direction or that energy into a particular path. And so, um, you know, you, you reflect on Udada um, being released on this day. I actually was a 15-year-old. I met him in 1990, um, December of that year, as we know, he was released obviously in Feb. Yeah. And, and, and so to have the opportunity to, to meet this great statesman um, and then to walk a journey with him and a path with him um, for the better part of my adult life um, has been one of my greatest blessings. Um, literally a, a privilege that the privilege that I, I honestly when I reflect back upon it I counted um I counted all joy. Mm. And and so being mentored, I mean I've been mentored by women in the broadcasting business, for example, uh women like Doreen Morris. She yeah. was the first black woman on television. Um women like Me Felicia Mabuza Sattel. Um I've been in, you know mentored in mining um by a gentleman called Mike Deke. Um and of course Madiba. And Madiba for me became a father figure, um, especially when I lost my dad yeah. um in two thousand and three. And um and I remember getting a call from Zelda saying that um, Matiba would like you to come home for lunch. Um, uh, this was after my dad had passed. And 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 he, he said to me, um, you know, he knew how close I was um, to my dad and how broken I was from his passing. And, and, and I went into a very serious depression yeah. um, after my dad's passing. And, and he said to me, I will walk this journey of life with you. Um, do consider me as a father figure and and he lived up to that yeah. Udata was just not a man of just words and not action he he literally um you know honored whatever he put out there yeah. and and so it's it, it's been such an incredible journey and so privileged that i'm here actually on this day as we commemorate his release um to talk about him talking about your parents um you've suffered and endured a lot of loss in your life um, you know your father in 2003 um, your mother as well who you famously referred to as Mudir yes um, <laughs> you, you, you detail also um, the challenges that you've had uh, with con- conception mm-hmm. um, having had about seven eight miscarriages so you've you know endured a lot of loss in your life what does that do to a person and how are you still able to be positive and have that positive outlook 
own life with you know, that loss. You, you, you're so right about you know your reflection on on, on loss in the book. Um, mm. there's, there's, there's just a depth of pain that I had to work through, yeah. um, and then hopefully over time, as I was writing, um, I actually managed to transition, and I realized that I had not necessarily dealt with the pain. I buried it. I just you know carried on working i didn't yeah. want to deal with 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 mourning and and death and and the passing not only of of my mom and my dad my mom passed away in 2006 and um and yes i've had seven miscarriages and so th- there's just um deep pain that when i poured myself into that part of my life um i mean i remember at three o'clock in the morning my keyboard would stop working because it was just soaked um with tears um of writing that part of my journey and and i had to find a reason to wake up i went through another cycle of depression um i remember in 2000 and eight i lost uh my twins at 20 weeks and uh, and the reality is that life happens to all of us. Um, it does not matter if you're Bastana uh, Kumalo mm-hmm. and uh, you are seen on television that you don't face real life challenges. Yeah. And and so um, and and for me, writing that part was hoping that if anybody would be going through a similar thing, they would find a sense of hope that um, optimism would be ignited in their spirits. That you know they can be able to to get to the other side and then the sun will shine again and that this too shall pass and it was very important for me to be very honest and candid um in my book um with my true life stories and and now you know as we're going across the country with my team yeah. um we we meet so many people men and women who say you know Bastan, thank you for writing that part of your story oh. because from that i gleaned my new hope um i remember just after the day we launched the book we launched it on thursday the 10th and then i was doing signings Gosentin, on the 11th and the 12th and on the 11th this woman came up to me to say listen thank you for writing about your fertility challenges because um last week i've lost twins at 21 weeks and she said you've given me hope we went to Cape Town, um, and we, after the fireside conversation with Bonin Bulu, this one woman came. You could see, you know, upwardly mobile um, black woman who is clearly um, moving the needle in her yeah. own path. And she came to me and says, you know, Osbastana, um, thank you. I'm glad that I came today because I was going to commit suicide today. Yeah. Um, and you've given me a reason to live. Young men at the Mall of Africa, similar story. Um, he came to one of my book signings and he said, you know, I put um, tablets on the side of my bed last night and I was going to take my life. But then I said, you know, let me come and listen to Mebastana. Maybe I can glean something. And so my journey of hope um, for me is 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 truly my life purpose um i'm living my life purpose by having shared this story and how people have found resonance yeah. uh, with that truth how people have found their own voices uh, because i dared to use my own voice and how people are beginning to find healing um with whatever they're journeying through you know in, the, in this life life is not a bed of roses and i wanted to keep it honest and authentic and um and it's been it's been incredible that it's been received with that intention mm. the spirit and the 
energy that I put into the book has been received with exactly that um, yeah. in, in a positive way and, and people are finding their own healing so it's, 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 been, it's been extraordinary and the journey continues I can definitely attest to that I think you have uh, made a difference in a lot of people's lives uh, you know that I've seen personally I think uh, um, at the book launch actually last year I did mention uh, I moved to Joburg in 2016 and I think I met you in 2016 uh, when I started working for you um, and I didn't have anybody it was like uh, a jungle because it was after I matriculated and I literally just, you know, went um, to work at Connect and I think you were just like a mother to me in many ways oh. uh, and a healer for me in many ways because I was like, you know what, I can call and I go into, into her office um, with, you know, with, all, sorts of, yeah, yeah. with <laughs> all sorts of requests um, every single time and, you know, at every single time you'd, you'd listen. You know, I think uh, that's the power that I saw in you. But let me not be biased, actually. I have a message from somebody um, that I want you to take a listen to. Hey, my lesson, you hope you're good. Um, it's Chantal Marifi. Oh, um, I just want to start off um, by saying thank you. Thank you for being such a mother figure. Thank you for just your guidance, your wisdom. I appreciate the spiritual connection. I appreciate um, how deeply rooted in God you are. And I'll always be thankful for the day that I got to meet you for the first time when I started working at Connect TV at Red Pepper Studios. And I mean, I always, you know, imagined meeting you as a young little girl. My mom was always talking about you. So to finally get that opportunity to actually meet you was like so amazing. And just to work in the same space as you definitely had an impact on me mentally. And it has crafted me in the way of believing that one day I could possibly also, not even possibly, but one day I could be somebody big in the media industry as a black female. So thank you for your guidance. Thank you for being humble. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, and just for being such a great example and a great person to a lot of other young girls out there. Um, We are proud of you. You excite us, you make us happy, we look up to you. And yeah, much love, love you so much, and God bless. Thank you. Murapedi, oh Chantel, baby girl, my word! I actually, uh, I'm tearing up just hearing your voice because I distinctly remember when I met, when I first met Chantel. Yes. Um, you know, when you see young people and you can realize, you realize that they're destined for greatness. Mm-hmm. She was that one young woman who, when I met her um, at Connect, um, she had big dreams, um, and equally so, she would come to my office and say, "Ma, this is what I would like to do. What do you think?" Um, I've always said that, you know, if you your dreams don't scare you they're not big enough mm. and uh, she's gone on to do great things um, yeah. I mean look at you now you're graduating yeah. uh, having majored in economics I mean that that for me fulfills me mm. um, uh, and you know often people said you know when people ask me Mabasi what is your life purpose and I know distinctly in one word um, what my life purpose is and what I'm here to do on earth I'm a teacher um, I might not teach in a conventional classroom, but I believe that God has given me a bigger classroom through the medium of television, with the shows that one produces, um, with the opportunities of being on radio, that one can expand the message, um, you know, far more than one could be able to reach, um, you know, in a classroom environment. Yeah. As you all know, I did a teacher's degree, mm-hmm. and it just happened that I didn't end up, you know, practicing. <laughs> but well, it's in the conventional the sense. Space, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so to hear such such 
such uh, you know affirmations and heartwarming stories um, that I've just heard now from Chantel's voice message is is really just such a blessing. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you, Monica. We are still um, in conversation with um, uh, media industry heavyweight uh, businesswoman, philanthropist, and author um, Basitana Kumalo. Um, am I allowed to take you back? Oh, take me back, son. Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> 1994. Yes. Uh, Basitana Mahali Miss South Africa 1994 is Basitana Mahali Do you still remember that moment? Oh, take me my back to that moment. Word, I just got goosebumps hearing that. And um, South Africa, 1994. Um, first of all, I was in utter shock. Um, to hear that I had won the coveted title of Miss South Africa 1994. And it was a critical time in our history. Um, New democracy, new government, Madiba's nation, the Rainbow Nation, um, new dispensation. It was an exciting time um, to win the title. And as a 20-year-old, I understood what hour it was Mm. and what that represented and the responsibility that I had to be able to make sure I write a new narrative of what a black girl child can achieve. As you probably well know that um, as black people, we were not allowed um, to enter Miss South Africa Mm. until 1992. And then J.K. Mufugeng won in 1993. And then I won in 1994. And so I understood that whatever decisions that I made and how I reigned um, in those 12 months is going yeah. to be critical in how even the pageant or pageantry for that matter is viewed and um, and so I, I remember I didn't cry when I heard my name I was just in absolute shock, shock. Because I never grew up looking at myself in the mirror and say, oh, dear Obastana, you do have the hallmarks and the makings of a Miss Ndondoli. No way. No, I tell you, I, 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 I kid you not. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it, it, it changed my life, the yeah. trajectory of my life winning the pageant. Um, and I always pay tribute um, to the 20-year-old who took the leap of faith um, and, and dared to, you know, strut on that stage. Mm. Um, and and, and, and it, it is really through Miss Essay that a lot of opportunities opened up for me. But then there's one thing to, to have opportunities open up, but it's you know, another to step into the door um, and make a mark. And I love what Uzozi said uh, at Miss Universe and take up the space. Mm. Um, So it it was incumbent upon me that I did not let, um, you know, young people down. And and the the era that I grew up in, uh, when you won a pageant, even if it was a local pageant, Mm. it was not a Masutsana Makhalimele won the pageant. We won Miss Sowetu. We won Miss Black South Africa. We won Miss South Africa. We came first runner-up at Miss World. Uh, It was a collective energy of the people of this country who willed you on to be able to keep 
you know, um, the flag flying high. Yeah. So I want to know from you, I mean, you mentioned now Zozibini Tunzi and pageantry. Um, how has that changed ever since uh, 1994? I mean, I know you mentioned something uh, around the lines of, you know, you wouldn't have won or, you know, a girl like Zozibini wouldn't have won, um, you know, Miss South Africa in 1994, uh, rocking her natural hair. How do you think that has evolved ever since 1994 and what the importance of that symbolizes? You know, to see Zozi owning her crown, mm. Um, her natural hair and and walking away with that coveted Miss Universe um, you know title was was a turning point and I think over the years the ideals of beauty have changed um, and you know I remember distinctly with my own journey when I turned 40 and I had my daughter yeah. um, I decided to cut my hair off and grow my own afro and and it's it's about being able to own our roots and being proud of of, of who we are as, as as black women. I mean, there's still a, a serious issue around colorism, for example, that the fairer you are, the more beautiful you perceive to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see how the ideals of beauty have has changed and how pageantry um, has changed over the years has been quite uh, astounding. I know many Miss South Africans, former Miss South Africans, um, some of them are bankers. Pegasus Kumalo is a CEO of. Um, Standard Bank Private Wealth, yeah. Kareshni Naika, a pharmacist, um, Rolling Strauss, um, and even Tamron, doctors. Um, we've got lawyers. So, so patent is just really a platform for any young woman, but what is critical is, is, is how you use that yeah. to propel yourself um, to do other things. And because the rain is only but. 12 months mm-hmm. and you've got to have a clear strategy about what you're going to do with your life post those 12 months and I was very very clear Nabastana, what I was going to do with my life post the 12 months um, I'm a person who, who journals a lot so when I won the pageant I had you know written down my short-term goals my medium-term goals and indeed my long-term goals and, and my short-term goals were as basic as getting a driver's license because yeah, as a 10 year old I'd won this magnificent <laughs> car yeah. that I could not drive so hey I had to take that off get the driver's license yeah um, my medium-term goal was I wanted to travel and see the world um, the furthest I had been outside of Soweto um, was to Durban um, on my father's baki, um, to Mkababa Beach. Mm. Papa and Mama had put us, and my siblings, I've got two elder sisters yes. and one younger brother, and they'd put us at the back of the venue with a canopy and a mattress, and I'd been to Durban. So I, I, I wanted to explore the world. Mm. And, and because I put it out there um, and I prayed about it, I had the opportunity to meet my business partner, Patience Stevens. And that's how we started Zolbili Productions. And through Top Billing, I got to travel the world. Mm. I don't know how many passports uh, I have. I've seen the five continents. And what a privilege. And then my long-term goal was I, I always wanted to be my own boss. Um, I wanted to always write my own check. Um, so I've been self-employed. I've never been employed by anybody but um, I've created my own destiny since the age of 20 um, being self-employed and and so it's understanding that here's a crown what am I going to do with it um, and how am I going to use it um, to propel myself to to my true destiny? Yeah. And and so and and seeing what other women and other former Miss South Africans have done with the title is is just fantastic. 
So you speak about, um, you know, you, you have always been self-employed and you've always wanted to sign uh, your own checks uh, that you have done for forever. Um, you've signed other people's checks as well, um, <laughs> which is great. I mean, uh, entrepreneurship is something that has been encouraged, um, especially with uh, the unemployment uh, that we are facing in South Africa right now. Uh, but a lot of people are complaining about, ah, I don't have resources, I don't have capital to start a business. Um, how do you people, young people that are listening right now, maneuver um, the entrepreneurial space uh, want to become businessmen want to become businesswomen um, I know you have a, a rich history as well of, of business in your family uh, your parents being entrepreneurial and encouraging that spirit mm-hmm. in you how was that journey for you how did that begin for you you know I, I come from an entrepreneurial family yeah. um, it runs in my DNA um, that's all that I, 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 I know because my primary role models um, yes my dad was a bus driver my father my mom was a teacher mm-hmm. by profession but outside of the eight to five they literally um, started every business imaginable. Um, my mom was the first black um, bricklayer um, that went, you know, to bricklaying school. And her and my dad then started a construction company. They were building the two room little garage, little stop nonsense, green local location, you know, um, for 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 the neighborhood. Um, I used to sell eggs up and down my street after school and when other kids were playing in the schoolyard I used, Mama used to give me a bag of the stock sweets and mm-hmm. I used to sell that My sisters and I over the weekends we used to sell ice creams and sandwiches at soccer stadiums When there was a big game, yeah, Derby, Chivesley Pirates, we were Stadium Born and we were there selling in sandwiches Born and we were those peeps, <laughs> hey yeah. um, And I write uh, about entrepreneurship in great detail yeah. in my book um, Because I think that's what's going to change and drive our economy uh, where young people uh, begin to be enterprising because when you look at uh, where the future is going with the fourth industrial revolution with artificial intelligence mm. um, we need young people um, to be able to think outside of the box we sit in a country and it's very disheartening um, when we look at the you know unemployment rate um, you know we're looking close we're knocking on close to 30 percent mm-hmm. of the total unemployment um, rate but then with young people specifically we're sitting at about 58 percent and that that it is, is disheartening. Yeah. We need government. Um, we need private sector. Um, we need institutes of, you know, funding um, environments to be favourable to young people. We need an ecosystem yeah. um, that is going to work where a young person, because you know, I know with myself, for example, I didn't have collateral when I started uh, Zolipili Productions. I end up ha- selling my car that I won to mm. put in collateral um, to raise funds to be able to buy post-production facilities. So we, I, I would like to wake up to a South Africa, first of all, we're entrepreneurship is taught at school level. Mm-hmm. It's not something you pick up at verts, um the first year and you have to now navigate this new world. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's important that we wake up to a South Africa where young people already think entrepreneurially, even at school level, from grade 8 onwards. Um, I think it's something that will change um, you know, the, the paradigm and, and the conversation about young people being gainfully employed um, by themselves and be job creators mm. and job seekers. So I think we really need government, we need private sector, we need civil society, um, we need, you know, because um, the reality is that if we do not do that, 
we run the risk of a civil war on our hands in our lifetime. Mm. We need young people to be out there fending for themselves and changing um, the future and the landscape of this country and driving the economic growth, which I think young people can certainly do. I've seen many young people out there who, who've literally come with me with business plans mm. um, asking me, Mabasan, how do I, I, I raise funding? How do I you know, write a business plan? So young people are energized. They just need the opportunities. I get I want a business plan, yeah, guy, and drop it in uh, your hands since <laughs> you're here. <laughs> so you have detailed a lot of uh, struggles in your book, um, and I've mentioned a few of them, but uh, that was not all about your life. You know, there were many happy moments in your life. Yes. Family, I know, is very important oh, to you. Oh, and I married my best friend. You married your best friend? Yeah, Valentine's Day even in a what couple of days. <laughs> and this year we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. Yeah. Um, I really married an incredible man, Grant. Yeah. Solid, present. I mean, he's one of the sharpest and most intelligent men I've ever met. Mm. Um, but the beauty about Kumalo is, is he, he always says, "I'm here to be the wind beneath your wings. Sure. Um, I'm here to propel you to 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 live what God has called you to do and to be in this life. Mm. And so, to have a partner who who supports your dreams, um, who wants the best for you, who wishes you well, and who wills you, mm. um, even when you doubt yourself, to say, you know, and he'll tell me, you know, you've got what it takes, babe. Even when you know I was writing the book, um, he was just so present. And I distinctly remember it was in January 2019. We had taken our son. Um, to the Midlands, he goes to boarding school there. It nice. was his choice. I didn't yeah. want him to leave my house. I wanted him <laughs> yeah. to live with me until he's 50. Yeah. <laughs> but he but messed he up like, the script. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Peace out, y'all. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember we're sitting by the fireplace, and every year we check in with each other, my husband and I, to say, What are your plans for the year? Mm. And, um, and I told him, Babe, I'm going to write and finish my book in 2019. His face just lit up. He says, That is so incredible. You have such a compelling story. Yeah. Um, you should finish your book. You should write it. And here's somebody that I've been with for the better part of my adult life who literally was so excited for me um, and encouraged me to, to finish it, to write it. And, mm. and, 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 and I remember even when we were selecting the pictures um, in, that we were going to go into the memoir, he was very much involved. Yeah. Um, and, and so family for me um, is everything. And motherhood um, is my highest calling. And I've been so blessed um, to have three beautiful children. Uh, Nati is now turning 15 this year. Um, Jose Zile is turning eight and Buntleba Morena is turning six. Um, so through it all, through the ups and downs of life, um, God still showed up for me. Yeah. And because I never lost hope, um, and, and, and the title of my journey of hope, I had to pray about it. And when the revelation came that um, hope truly just stands for hold on, pain ends mm. and um and and so I, I i look at my children um even when i was taking them to school this morning um i just see the grace of god thank you so much for for joining us uh, we've run out of time we could talk forever um this book is filled with knowledge filled with experience a lot of emotion and it's, it's a beautiful read i haven't finished it uh, but I'm, I'm i'm definitely getting through it um but thank you so much for it thank you you know i think it's going to make a, a huge difference in people's lives it has already i mean testimonies that you have already mentioned um but if there's one thing that you want people to take out of this book what would it be Dare to dream. Mm. Don't be afraid to fail. Challenge the status quo. Use your voice. 
make it count. And if you can't help them, don't hurt them. I can't say better myself. Thank you so much. Uh, that is uh, media industry heavyweight uh, businesswoman, philanthropist, um, author, a mother, a sister, a mentor, uh, a child, um, to many, many people, Basitzana Kumalo. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Catch the main switch Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Only on Power FM.